Uh, we've been in the book of Romans uh, chapter 8, as uh, where we're going to be today, verse 14. And we've been um, talking about, uh, really in, in chapter 7, about just sin and, and, and the struggle that we have with it and, and the reality of it in our lives. And, and uh, it's, it's not going away. And, and uh, it talks about, in, in just a real reality-based way, what, what do we do about that? And then uh, Brandon, a couple weeks ago, began to talk about um, Christ and His redemption in our lives and what He has done and, and how God leads us and, and, and saves us and all that kind of stuff. And uh, let me, I just want to read a statement that he said a couple weeks ago. Uh, it was kind of a thesis of what he did in, in chapter 8, the first, uh, I believe, 13 verses. It said this, The law reveals sin. That's what chapter 7 was about. And then it says, And, and Jesus condemns our sin with his life and death and declares us innocent through his, his spirit. And we talked about the fact that, that we're never going to be perfect. We're, we're never going to, uh, in our own effort, in our own ways, earn heaven, uh, earn our right to be, to be sons of God, all that kind of stuff that, that we're really relying on God's grace t- to make that happen in our lives. And uh, I just love the the way this passage and the way Romans 8, halfway through the entire book of Romans, how Paul really turns the corner and he's going to talk about something in this that he just, he's never talked about in this book. Certainly he has in other books, in Galatians especially, uh, but he begins to hit on it right here at, I believe, a really critical time. And uh, so this morning we're going to talk about the theme of adoption and, and what that means for us. And so... Uh, to me, uh, it was kind of looking at this the last 10 days, it's, it's kind of a breathtaking kind of thing to begin to think about what God has done for us in our identity and who he makes us uh, to be. And so we're going to, let's just pray before we read it. Father, we, uh, we thank you so much for, for your word. And God, thank you that we, we don't have to live under the law and and live under judgment, and uh, but God, that you want to change us. Maybe a lot of us have heard it, God, from the inside out. This is this passage here. God, you want to change our identity and who we are to become yours. And so, Father, I just pray that in the next few minutes, that that for all of us in this room, um, we're either reminded, or maybe for the first time, we get this. And God, I believe that these simple truths of the gospel, these just basic, simple truths are what change our lives. And so, God, I pray you'd use this text to, to just change us, Lord, and transform us into to being the people you want us to be. God, thank you for this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's read this verse. Verse 14, uh, Romans 8. Through 16, it says this For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So halfway through, we see Paul begins to talk about 
and declares the truth and, and the power of sonship and, and what that is all about. And he begins to, to put that on the table for us. And I think the reason he's doing that in here is because it's so critical that we know who we are. That we know uh, who God has, has made us to be. I think we have to understand that. Because I think sometimes in our lives, you know, we talk about the law and, and we're not going to be able to do that or whatever. But sometimes in reality, I think probably all of us have done this where we just kind of still live by a list. Some kind of list. Well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be good at this and, and this. We kind of create our own kind of list and we get our own kind of law going and we forget who we are. We forget who, who God has, has made us uh, to be. And I was reminded of this in Luke uh, chapter 15. The prodigal son, that's a very popular story about a son who went away and took all his dad's stuff. Then he, he came back. And it was interesting to me as I looked at that story and reminded about it again. The first thing that the, the, the son says back to the dad when he returns is, I'm not worthy to be your son. Now, I would say, without a doubt, that is the lowest point in his life when he stares into his dad's face and says, I'm not even worthy to be called your son. I'm not worthy of that. And we see that his identity had been totally crashed at that point. Who he was, he didn't know who he was. He was kind of grappling. And and the truth is, is that on his own, he decided to be an orphan. He made a decision, I'm leaving this place. I'm going out on my own. I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to make this decision uh, to do my own kind of deal. And so that's what, what happens here is he makes this choice uh, to do that. And so I think what we, we have in this passage are three kinds of people. We have orphans and we have slaves and we have children. And so I just want to talk about just quickly each one of those kinds of people and what's characteristic and true about their lives. And all of us in this room at some point in our lives fall in, in those categories in some form or fashion. The first kind of person I want to talk about are slaves. Okay? And, and this talks about here in, in Scripture here. It says that the spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. He's saying, you're not a slave. You're not living in fear or intimidation or or terror. That's not the spirit that I gave you. That may have been what you used to be doing or whatever. That's not it. And so what is a slave's primary function? What are they they doing in life? They're performing, right? And so they want to do a certain kind of things. And I think the church is full of good people. You can find yourself in that, this slave category. I'm doing the right things. I'm performing in a certain thing. And what happens is, is our identity gets trapped in what we do and how we perform. And we're always trying to one-up or, or get another contract or get this or, or get that or, or whatever. And it's so critical that, that we, we understand that, that we're, we're, we're not slaves. God didn't give us a spirit of slavery for us to perform, for us to get caught up in our titles and our job. You know, I think about this in my own life. I mean, I'm a pastor at this church. I'm a, a husband to Audrey. I'm a father to Tyler and Callie and Courtney, okay? Now, those are my titles. That's some of what I do. But the deep inside of me, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. 
That's not what, what God has, has, has said that I am. Those are some things that I do, and we should do good things. And so those are good things that we do. I think we should be a part of doing good things. And God has a calling on all of our lives in here to be a part of, of doing good things. But when we all we focus on is what we're doing and we forget who we are, it's a trap. And it's a trap of, of slavery. One of the things that um, I really believe that is the, the real root of, of, of this slavery mentality is, is insecurity. It's just where you just feel insecure. And so we feel like, well, I'm insecure. And so I've got to do these things to create my value. So I feel good about myself. And, and it's kind of like this, this treadmill uh, mentality. Uh, this kind of came a little uh, alive for me. I, my wife and I have been, this summer, went through uh, classes uh, to go through the foster system to hopefully, potentially uh, adopt a little boy. Uh, hopefully this year would be fantastic. And so we, we went through these classes, and the lady that was teaching our classes every time was just really, really good. She'd been in, in this, the, you know, the whole, that whole thing her whole life, like 25 years or something, and just had a real good grasp on, on teaching people, you know, what to expect and, and that kind of thing. And I remember she was teaching one day, and she said, you know, sometimes the child that you get, they're going to come to your house, and, and, uh, and they're going to be checking you out. Big time, like, you know, and even asking you, you know, uh, maybe you had a bad day at work or maybe uh, you're having struggles with your wife or, or maybe you, who knows, you know, what's going on in your life. And sometimes that, that child will show up at your house and, and maybe the, for, for months they'll continually be checking you out to see what you're like. And I was just like, so I, I just listened. I didn't ask the question but because uh, I'm kind of a little slow sometimes. But uh, I was just, because I was thinking about my own experience with my own kids. And I'm just like, my kids could care less about how I'm feeling, you know. And so I went up and asked her, you know, I'm like, you know, my kids don't like come to me and say stuff. And I remember she said, you need counseling or something? Your kids don't care about you? And I was like, no, she was kind of, you know, like that. But it was funny. And uh, so I laughed. And then I said, so what's the deal? You know, what, what she goes, because... Your kids have a safe place. There's security in your house. They're not worried about you. Said, but, but sometimes uh, when a child gets put into a home and there's that insecurity because they don't know what you're going to do to them. And I started thinking about how, how sad that is, first of all. But then as I'm reading this passage here, I started thinking about, man... I mean, because I'm, I'm a visionary kind of, so I think I start thinking around the road. I'm starting to think when uh, this boy comes into our home, and, and one day maybe he is trying to figure out, man, are you gonna, you know, do what the last guy did to me, or or, or whatever? And start thinking about the day when he finally it clicks in his mind. I'm this guy's son. That's my dad. And this is a safe place for me. This is a place of security. Not based on what he does, because whoever it is, is going to have a lot of bad days. <laughs> Just like the rest of my kids. And all that's going to happen. But when that identity shift takes place, this is my mom and my dad, and this is my house, and this is where I belong. It's that kind of life change. That's what Paul's talking about here. 
It's the spirit of adoption that comes over here. And that's what he's saying here. And, and uh, you know, our, uh, I was thinking about, you know, our kids. My kids are always going to be, a, they're going to be a church. You can't de-church them or re-church them or whatever. They're just church, okay? And so... Uh, they, they're going to have that name, church. We're not taking them back to the hospital. I can't think of any reason why I would take them back uh, to St. David's in Austin and, you know, turn them in, you know, and have a name change, okay? Uh, that's just not going to happen. And they're going to have bad days and good days. And on the good days, they're my kids. On the bad days, they're Audrey's. And so that's what we're doing. And so that's that slavery mentality of insecurity of going, you know, I've I, I got to figure this out. And I, I don't know, you know, and, and there's not this rest. In place where it's been solved deep in here and saying, you know, I'm okay. I'm safe here. The next uh, kind of person we're talking about here is orphans. I believe the church uh, is full of orphans. Maybe, maybe more so in a long time. I believe our world is, is full of orphans. And I don't just mean that people, that, well, I have a dad. But I'm talking about just the spirit of kind of orphanhood of, of saying, uh, I think there's a cry in our culture today of saying, I need a dad. I need somebody to father me. I need a mom. I need somebody to lead me. Would somebody please lead me? I think that's the cry, especially the younger we go and, and, and families are destroyed and all that kind of stuff happens. There's this cry and it's it's cry out of a, a spirit of, of orphanhood and, and that, that people would have that. And I think that the root there of being an orphan is... is they don't feel like they fit. An orphan doesn't feel like they fit. They don't feel like they belong. They feel uh, like they've never made it on their own. I think maybe a characteristic would certainly be, I've, I've been doing this all myself, my whole life, trying to, trying to make it happen. And so then when you start talking about mom or, or dad or, or family or, or even the idea of grace, that, that somebody would do something for you for free and, and identity, it's just like... I, I don't really get that because that's never been a part of my life. And so I, I see that, that happening. And I think the biggest thing that I can think of in, in an orphan is that what they need to hear is, I'm for you. <laughs> you know, scripturally, God says that he's for us. And if God is for us, then, then who could possibly be against us? You know, and so I think people need to know that. My kids need to know that. There's people around us that God's put in our lives that maybe God wants to use you to speak that to. That, I, that I'm, I'm for you, I'm behind you, what you're about. And so that's uh, slaves and, and orphans. And the last in this passage are children. And uh, this passage is so clear on, on what children are supposed to do and what's supposed to happen in their life, and this, this identity transaction that, that needs to take place in their lives. And, and I, I love this, how it's said and, and all that. And, and uh, it says here that the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. By him we cry, Abba, Father. What Paul is saying there is there's something that happens in our lives, in our hearts, in us, when the Spirit of God comes, this is highly spiritual, when it comes into our lives, that there's kind of this, this fervency about it where we just, with passion and excitement, we cry out, Abba, Father, God. 
You're my dad. You're my father. You, you forgive me. You love me. You, you've released me. And, and so children under a daddy that loves and cares, they're not worried about feeling guilty. They're not worried about performing. They're not worried about taking too much time. They're just, there's just a place of security and not feeling guilty or position or, or all that kind of stuff. And not wondering one day if they're going to wake up and... and Dad's not going to be there or, or, or whatever. And I, this was a little came alive for me this week. Um, I have a seven-year-old son who, uh, we have an area in our backyard. It's the back, kind of the back area of a school and it's just an open field. And there's just trees everywhere. And, and uh, we cut a fence in our gate and they just go out there and play. And this happens, you know, every week all the time. And, and uh, so they were outside and we had some friends over. And so we were hanging out with some parents of the friends that were over and just kind of talking or whatever, and, and they were out climbing this tree. And so uh, all of a sudden, my son's friend comes running in the house today, or that day on Tuesday, and says, hey, uh, you know, kind of serious, like, hey, Tyler's hurt, some, you know, something's wrong. And, and uh, I, I didn't really know how to read the, the kid, because my kids come in and say stuff all the time, like, Billy has a stick and hit Sally, I'm like, I don't care, you know, just hit them back. I don't know, you know, and so, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm just like, they always are making something up, you know. Courtney took my rock, you know, I'm like, well, get another one, you know, there's tons of them. And so, so I just couldn't fit, I, was, I couldn't read them. And, but I, the dad I was with was like, kind of started moving fast. I mean, like running. And I'm like, well, I'm going to run. And so we're running. And uh, there is, and I could see uh, a rock and a tree and then my Tyler, my son's just laying on the ground, like, just not moving, but yelling, you know, screaming. I'm like, God, what is going on? You know, did he hit it? I mean, big rocks. I'm like, I thought he, like, was hit his head on the rock. I mean, I don't know what happened. And so what happened was, is he got up onto a tree with a uh, uh, pretty good-sized branch, probably three, four-inch diameter branch that really anybody in this room, just about, if it was a healthy branch, could stand on, and you'd be okay, Okay. Uh, but it was it was dead. It had been rotted, but he didn't know it. And so he went out there and sat on it, and it broke. And uh, so did his arm. And so, and so when he hit the ground, and, and he just snapped his arm pretty pretty good. And uh, so I went out there. I'm just like, you know, I, I have never broken a bone uh, yet. And so, um, and so I, I was just like, okay. And so I, you know, we got him up and I took him to the hospital. I looked at his pulled his sleeve up to look at the arm, not looking good. And I won't tell you about it because you might get sick. And, uh, and so it was just a bad deal. And so we took him to the hospital, did the whole deal, and, and, and brought him home. And I remember it was either a day or, or two later, I was just sitting there with Tyler because I was thinking in my mind earlier in the day, I was like, you know, what was he thinking on the ground? Because he didn't get up. He's just laying there on the ground in serious pain. And so I said, yeah, I said, Tyler, what were you thinking when you were laying on, I mean, what, what were you thinking was going to happen? I mean, what, because you didn't move, you know, what was going through your mind? And he said, Dad, I was just hoping you were going to come get me. <laughs> you know? I started thinking about that. And it just hit on what this passage is talking about today and I started thinking about all of us and the question that came to mind is who's coming for you
who's coming for you. I mean, when it's, when it's all said and done, good, bad, ugly, day, year, whatever, who's coming to get you? Who's coming to get you? And God said he wants you to be his son. And he wants to, to be your father. And he puts that spirit in us that gives us an identity to align with him. And Jesus said he's coming back. And he's going to take his, his bride and he's going to take care of us and love us. But as we go into this time, I just wanted you to think about that Abba Father has come for you. Jesus Christ came to this earth. He gave his life. He laid down his life. Jesus Christ, hear this please, did not die on a cross so that he could control our behavior. He didn't. He came to this earth to adopt us as sons and daughters. That's what it was all about, to redeem his children. That's why he came. That's what Paul is talking about in the midst of Romans. Let's pray.